how good it was last week. Thankful to all of our hardworking uh, individuals here and uh, those who brought guests, brought visitors. And, uh, so thankful that uh, it was a success, as much of one as it was. Uh, just a quick reminder, our Chat and Chew is uh, next Sunday, not this evening, uh, which it will also coincide with our fifth Sunday. Our young men uh, will be leading the worship service uh, that evening. And uh, Brother Brody Luna will actually be speaking tonight. Look forward to seeing you uh, back this evening. Have you ever regretted anything? Some people don't regret things at all. Like this dog. He's doing what he does. And he's having a grand old time. Some people should regret things. Like this hairstyle. As much as I love pizza, I'm not sure I would do that. And some people don't regret things until much later, such as that. I wonder if anyone has told him yet. But quite often, regret isn't funny. Regret is sorrow about something we have done or not done. What also characterizes regret is a lingering disappointment that looms over the event. It happened or didn't happen long ago. And yet when you think about it, it comes back as though it happened just yesterday. But, you know, regret is a part of the human experience. You might think, though, that regret is God's way of punishing some people feel that way. Well, because I sinned against God and I, and I feel this way, this is my punishment. This is what I'm supposed to endure. God doesn't want sin to work that way. That's why He sent the remedy for regret. If regret is the cloudy sky, then Jesus is the sun that shines through it. God has given us commands, He's given us boundaries, He's given us instructions, and the more we practice these, hopefully the fewer regrets that we'll have. But we're human, and so we make mistakes. But thankfully, God has sent His Son to take care of those regrets, of the sin that you might be experiencing. The Christian life is supposed to be full of joy and happiness, but it often isn't because we hang on to regret. Psalm chapter 51 and verse 12, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. We should not be feeling regret all the time, but rather we should have this joy that is spoken of all through Scripture. We should experience the joy of living a life in Christ that gets rid of the guilt of sin, that gets rid of regret. But you might not be experiencing that, and we're going to talk about that today, and about how you can experience the remedy for regret, because I believe it'll help your life to be so much better. <clears throat> First off, what does regret do? Well, regret can be a good thing because, you see, it reflects a tender heart. It oftentimes reflects a, a heart that is sensitive to sin. 
and what it can do to a person. Matthew chapter 21, 28 and 29, but what do you think? Jesus telling a parable here. A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in the vineyard. His father gave him instructions, and he answered, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. He had a tender heart. You're going to make mistakes. Don't think for a minute that you have to be perfect. Don't think that way. But maybe you're in this son's position. That's a good place to be. Because you know what you should do. And sometimes you don't. And Paul laments over this in Romans chapter 7. But in Matthew 28, there's another brother who tells his father, yes, I'll go do that. And he doesn't. And he doesn't regret it. And he doesn't change. And he doesn't go about his business as his father instructs him. Another thing regret does is it causes us to question our standing with others. Something happens that hurts a relationship, and you may think, well, I can, I can never speak to that person again, and, and so you go about your days uh, ignoring that person or, or avoiding them. And Regret does this because maybe you had an interaction that wasn't very positive, quite negative, and it hurts the relationship. So regret can do this to us. When we are sorrowful for our actions, which is what regret is, we have a desire to remedy things by apologizing. That's what you want to do. You hurt someone or they hurt you and maybe you had a part in it, you have a regret. You want to go apologize, but what if we can't do this? Or the person won't accept our apology? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes a person's heart is so hard, they don't want to accept that. They don't know what forgiveness is. So the question then is, do we continue to carry the burden around? I hope not. I hope we don't because we can be forgiven of that sin by God. He can forgive that sin in us and we can forgive the other person and we can let that hurt go. Regret also causes us to question our standing with God. For someone to offer the level of forgiveness that God offers we have a difficult time comprehending that, and we find ourselves in the same position as the prodigal son. Verse 17 says, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. The prodigal son, you know the story, he left, went away, spent his inheritance, finds himself in the lowliest positions, working with the pigs and wanting to eat what they eat, and finally... He comes to his senses and says, there's people at my house, my old house, that have it much better than I do right now. The servants at my father's house, they live better than I do. The son regretted all that he had done. And he practiced in his mind what he was going to say to his father. He says, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes, father. I'll, I'll work as one of your hired servants, the son says, because the regret for his then, now, tender heart, before it wasn't tender. He was living however he wanted to, and sin wasn't affecting him. Then finally, when he sees the consequences of that sin, regret comes about. And he starts to think clearly, and he says, I need to get back to my father. This is what regret can do. It can send you back. Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, the father doesn't react the way the son thought he would. The son got up and came to his father while he was still a 
long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. The father saw his son, was glad that he was coming back. Didn't even want to hear what he had to say. Interrupts him. My son is back. You see, this is what regret can do for us. We think it keeps us separated from God. It can actually take us to Him. And if we'll but remember how God accepts His children back, how we as forgiving parents and forgiving individuals can bring back those who have gone astray, those who who have left us as friends, those who have left Christ, we can think in this way and hope that that regret brings them back in this very same manner. Because God loves us despite our faults. And He wants us to have His peace. The peace that He offers through Jesus Christ, who, by the way, was our example. Was our example for how to live and how to forgive people. And I hope that when you read Scripture, you read it in, in, in Jesus and what He is doing in His ministry, you are reading how He lived, and you've got to say, I've got to live like that. I've got to be more like Him, because that's where that peace comes from. Forgiving other people, being patient with other people, being kind, and being loving. Psalm chapter 103, As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. That's how God forgives. We oftentimes limit His forgiveness. Yeah, He'll accept me back, but it's, it's going to be hard. Yeah, He'll accept me back, but I'm sure there's a lot of conditions that I'll never be able to meet. God says, just come back. We'll work on all that later. We'll talk about all that later. Just come back and let me forgive your sins so that you don't have to have regret anymore. Regret can be actually quite useful. But it can be useful in the right ways. It can be useful in the wrong ways. Satan loves to use it. Regret that goes on and on comes from the world. And what it says we have to live and how it says we have to be. It comes from your inner voice that just hangs on to sin and hangs on to regret and just simply will not let it go. And Satan loves that. Because he doesn't want us to enjoy our forgiveness. We see the sin, we see the spots on us, and it's it's not coming off. But it's not coming off in your mind. It's not coming off where you are as a person spiritually. God wants to forgive. He wants, He sees you as white as snow through the blood of His Son. Sometimes we want to hang on to that. And we let Satan stand in between us and Jesus. And we tell ourselves, I'm such a bad person, I'm such an awful person. And why did I say that? Or or why did I do that? And the regret just festers. And we use it actually to punish ourselves, to separate ourselves from friends and family, and to keep us from engaging with God. Because as that regret sits there, Satan's laughing the whole way, and we're not allowing God to do what He has promised to do. We're putting limits on Him by holding on to the regret and not holding on and and engaging in the forgiveness that we have at our disposal. It's important to understand that regret is not the same 
as repentance. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 15 through 17. When we regret something, that's a good thing. As long as you don't hang on to it, as long as you don't let Satan use it against you, regret's a good thing, and more on that in just a moment. But regret is not the same as repentance. A lot of people feel sorry, feel bad. They only feel bad quite often because they got caught. And they don't actually repent, you see. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. God's grace is there. God's grace wants to be extended out to everyone. Yet we put a limit on that. The Hebrew writer says, don't fall short of it. It's out there, man. You need to take advantage of it, of the grace of God. See to it that no one falls short of it, but we fall short of it. And that's our decision. Because we hold on to regret, we hold on to guilt, we don't, and we don't let God forgive us as He wants to because we can't forgive ourselves. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. Esau sold his birthright and later on deeply regretted his decision, but he never repented. He never tried to change what had happened until it was too late. When we feel sorry for something, feel bad for something, we need to repent of it right then. We need to come forward. We need to talk to the person. We need to go to God in prayer and ask for His forgiveness. Regret, you see, focuses on the action that has brought sorrow. Repentance focuses on the one we have offended and the change we need to make. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry I did that. Sorry I did that thing, but now I need to change. Now I need to do something different. I need to act differently. I need to be differently. I need to repent. And God, you see, wants to use regret as a catalyst for change. He wants you to experience that tenderness in your heart that says, I've hurt my Savior. I've hurt my relationship with Him. And He wants you to see that and let that spur you on to a change in your life and use regret to take us directly to Him. I don't like this feeling, this feeling of regret. I don't like how I feel after I engage in some sins. I I was tempted, but but now I feel bad. And then what do we do? This is called the, the addiction cycle. You know, you engage in a sin and you feel bad. I'll never do it again. You go right back to it. And I'll, I'll never do it again. You go right back to it. It's the addiction cycle that we often engage in. What we've got to do is we've got to get off that path and allow God to change us. Because we can't do it by ourselves. Whatever it is we're addicted to, whatever it is we spend most of our time doing, is not going to make us feel better, especially if you feel bad after you do it. It's not going to help you in any way in that fashion. Romans chapter 8. And verse 28 says this, We know that God causes all things 
to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. There were two people that denied Jesus the day He was crucified. There were two people. One was Judas, one was Peter. Two completely different outcomes. Peter wept bitterly, he regretted what he had done, and he changed. He changed himself. He started acting better, became a great leader in the church. But Judas, you know, he, he tried to give the money back. He tried to, to remedy the situation, and he said, that, that didn't work, so he went and, and he hung himself. God, we've got to turn to Him when we feel regret, when we are experiencing sin that takes us away from Him. We've got to turn it around and go back to Him. Let's look at 2 Corinthians, please, chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, this explains further the difference between mere regret and true repentance. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 8. And if you'll see the illustration here on the, on the wall, it kind of goes along with this passage. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 8. For though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that the letter caused you sorrow, though only for a little while. You ever do something that somebody needs? You ever tell them something that they need to hear? kind of feels bad, doesn't it? You kind of hurt a little bit, but then you see change in their life. And you think, then, now I've done the right thing. That's what Paul is saying. You know, I'm, I'm sorry it made you sad. I'm sorry it brought you sorrow. But you know what? I'm glad I did it. Verse 9, I now rejoice... Not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance, for you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. So we've got two things on the wall here. We have the will of God and how it thinks and its plan and what we just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And we have the world. All people, one way or another, experience regret and they experience sorrow. But there's two different kinds of sorrow spoken of in the passage. The sorrow according to the will of God, what does it do? It leads to repentance. But the sorrow according to the world leads to death. There's two paths that you choose. The path of Peter, or the path of Judas where you try to handle things yourself, giving the money back, thinking you can make it right, but without God you can't make it right. You need God in your sorrow and in your regret to lead you down a better path. Ultimately, regret can be a gift from God when it draws us to repentance, as Paul illustrates in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Because when we see sin in our life, we think, who can help me with this? Because when you're sick, where do you go? Go to mom, she knows where the medicine is. Go to the doctor, you go to a therapist, you go to a specialist, and they help you with what you're dealing with. In this case, in a spiritual case, you've got to draw near to God to help you with that regret in your life. Many people continue to carry around regret and they want to release it so bad. But it's very difficult. That regret, it just comes into your brain, doesn't it? And you try to push it out and it goes back in. You've got to push it back out again. It's something you've got to work on. It's called thought switching. Something that a lot of therapists use. You've got a thought that keeps creeping in. You're addicted to it. You've got to get it out. But you also got to do something else. 
You've got to replace it with Jesus Christ, and that regret will leave. It might take time to do. It might take practice, but that's how this works. That you work on how you want to improve and you move towards that. Sometimes regrets are due to sins that have left scars. This regret causes you to be unable to experience joy. And the consequences of your sin and others may haunt you for years. That's what happened to Esau. There was no way to change what he had done. Couldn't take it back. That's what happens with our regrets sometimes. We may live with the consequences for ages, but deep down, you know that God has forgiven you. Deep down, you have forgiven yourself, and so you no longer carry that burden of regret. Realizing the burden of our regret to Jesus, releasing rather the burden of our regret to Jesus, allows us to receive the gift of His salvation. And this salvation is healing and wholeness and deliverance from sins on this earth. And deliverance to a home in heaven someday. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 Well, let's go with this one. Psalm 34 and verse 4. I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. What do we do when we become a Christian? What does it say? We are born again. We're a new creature. And Psalm 34 and verse 4 reminds us that, hey, you don't have to live in your old sins anymore. You don't have to live with regret anymore. Because what? The Lord will answer you, and He can deliver you from all of your fears. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Here we are. For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. That's how you release that burden. Is you know that God can deliver you. You know that Christ has already paid that price. Regret causes you to pay a price on a regular basis. On a daily basis. Feeling bad for what you've done. Feeling bad for that. Jesus came to this earth so that you didn't have to do that anymore. So that you can feel good now about how you are living and engage with a level of forgiveness that makes you comfortable, that creates in you a peaceful spirit, a spirit with a clean heart, as we sang a few moments ago. Stop holding on to that burden. Because it can indeed keep you stuck. Hopefully, you've dealt with your regrets. And this sermon is simply a reminder of how you can live peaceably on this earth. Philippians 3 says this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, You see, regret constantly looks in the past. Paul reminds us, strain forward to what lies ahead. Sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to cry over what you've done. Sometimes you have to experience pain once again to be able to let go of what's happening in your life. It's not easy. It's not just saying, oh, well, Dale had a decent sermon today. I I think I'm all better now. You know, this takes some work. Take some time, take some spiritual discipline. And Paul's usage of the words here through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit indicates that. Verse 14, I press on. 
I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's going to take work to forgive yourself. It's going to take work for you to say, I've laid those sins at the feet of Jesus, and He died for those sins, and I don't have to regret them anymore. I can be released from the burden of regret. Well, we carry it around with us, don't we? Because of things we've done, things we've not done. When is the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago was the best time. When is the second best time to plant a tree? Right now. You might have missed opportunities, you might have done things long ago, but you can change this morning and make that decision now. Don't let regret drag you down. I've done too much in my life for God to forgive me. Forget about that. No, you haven't. He sent His Son. That's a big price. It's going to take care of anything you've done in your life. Don't let regret drag you down and keep you there. But let the blood of Jesus Christ forgive you this morning and wipe your sins away. A life paralyzed by regret. And that's what it does as well paralyzes us, it keeps us stuck, it keeps us away from God. A life paralyzed by regret blinds us to God's grace and mercy. And it leaves us also unable to practice the gratitude and joy that He fully expects us to experience. And I want you to experience that this morning. Become a Christian. Become a Christian and stop hanging on to regret, but know with full assurance that your sins are forgiven. And if you are a Christian who's fallen into that pattern of regret once again and need prayers this morning for strength and guidance, we can assist you with that as well. Please come now as we stand and sing.